the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, you know the vibes. You know what it is. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs here on a football Sunday. It's week six in the NFL. Already underway. You've got the Ravens and the Titans out in London. That score right now is 18-3 to going into the half. But So the whole lot to get to today. Hit us up, 800-919-3776. We're on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler and Brandon Jacobs 27 Get at us on the gram as well. Excited to be back with you, my brother. What's up, BJ? Man, it's great to be back here as well, man. Great, great, super great to be back. Yo, I- I'm feeling this for a lot of reasons. So you got, you know, you were a game time decision last week. The the coach decided we're gonna give you, <laughs> we're gonna give you the night off just because it's an easy game. Uh, let's have you rocking and ready to go today. So you're rejuvenated. You also got an opportunity last Sunday night to watch the Cowboys get dismantled. So I know that's contributed to your great mood. Yes. Yes, that that capped off my weekend. Capped it off watching the Cowboys get dismantled. That was the best. That that, that, that was so great. (laughs) So I was thinking about you watching that. As, you know, Dak Prescott is doing his favorite thing, you know, throwing the ball to the other team, team. which he did three times. And by the way, since 2018, he and Josh Allen lead the league in uh, in turnovers. But I'm thinking about you watching that because you were you were big on this whole you know Cowboys are frauds. Dak's not going to get that second contract. And now, and twice in the last three weeks, we've seen them lose bad games. One to Arizona, and then uh, it was supposed to be a litmus test to see you know how much they've closed the gap against the 49ers, and and that that just did not go right. So they they got this game tomorrow that they got to win. Uh, Monday Night Football against the Chargers, so we're excited about that. But, you know, the conversation all week has been about your football team, the team that, I, I'll be honest, man, you picked to go to the NFC Championship game, and that's the New York Giants, who right now, uh, if 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 we made the case that they were the worst team in football, I think it would be a, a very strong one. Ty, I don't remember me making that uh, prediction, <laughs> sir. <laughs> that didn't happen? I don't. I don't remember me making that prediction, sir. I, I, you, you sure that was me? Yeah. I, 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 listen, week one, we did the show. You were all excited. You were all pumped. Daniel Jones, know, Brian Dable, you were pumping your chest out, talking crazy. And now, uh, week six, they mm. are fourteen point dogs in Buffalo against a Bills team that's red hot and not red hot because they're coming off a win. Red hot because emotionally. Uh, what happened last week in, in London against the Jags, they've, they've got to be annoyed. So you, you expect to get their best. Of course, they're dealing with injuries. Matt Milano's out, Jadavius White, so that's going to hurt their defense a ton. But this could get ugly tonight, my man. This, this, could, be a, this could be treacherous. I don't think it would be treacherous. I think, you know, I think it's going to be a good football game. I, I, I don't see the Giants going, uh, going out like this. I, I, I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to fight. Um, we down, man. Like you know, you know, emotionally, you know, uh, <laughs> physically, spiritually, everything you want to put a L Y at the end of it. We is we we just down. I don't know what it is we got to do. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I don't get it. I mean, you got. Uh, I don't know if Andrew Thomas is playing today. I, it just doesn't seem like they can protect the quarterback and that's what I say guys running around in the backfield having to make plays you know uh, the best why your quarterback gotta have some kind of athletic ability in, in today's game because it just doesn't seem like any offensive line is, is really shored up like that so um, you know I don't know man it's just a bad I just I just hope we're not in a race for the number one pick 
you know, by the end of the season. I just I want to see the Giants get better as the year go, man. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. So rule out for this game, obviously, Daniel Jones uh, with the neck injury. He suffered mm-hmm. in last week's loss to Miami. Tyrod Taylor is going to get his first start in 22 months. Andrew Thomas is out. John Michael Schmitz is out. Also, Aziz Ojolari, who has you know, been no stranger to injuries, once again going to miss this game. But you know, for the second straight week, Brandon, it's a Giants team facing a contender coming off of a loss. And this time it's the Bills in primetime. The line... Uh, interesting enough move, uh, interestingly enough, moved just one point since the announcement of the Jones news. It went from 14 to 15. Jones, of course, uh, was 1-12 in, in primetime, had the worst winning percentage in NFL history in primetime games, but he's not going to play. It will be Tyrod Taylor. The Giants so far this year outscored 94-15 in standalone games. And we know the Cowboys, Niners, and Seahawks gave it to them last week. I found this really depressing. It wasn't just a loss, Brandon. It's the fact that they won the turnover battle by three and still lost by two scores. They haven't scored an offensive touchdown in two games. And now they're turning to their backup quarterback. So to me, just looking at the you know tail of the tape, it, this just is measuring up to be a bloodbath as we prepare to watch Giants for the fourth time in five and six weeks playing the national spotlight with the world watching just how much of a train wreck this this organization has become to, uh, so quickly. <laughs> Ty, you're just going in. Like, I'm, you I'm are, giving you just, the facts, my G. I, yo, I, you're I, just I, going in. Like you call this a train wreck. You just you're just going in. Are man. you watching like, something uh, that's different from a train wreck when you no, when you look you, at this Giants team? No, but you can give us a little break on your on your verbiage, man. Like, <laughs> You I gotta keep a little break on your verbiage, dude. I gotta <laughs> keep it a thousand, man. I, I, you know why too? Because you know, people were coming at me. Oh, you know, you you were wrong about the Giants. You picked this team to be a playoff team. I thought they were gonna make the playoffs. I I understood that their line wasn't going to be the strength of their team. That I think he was gonna be one of the worst I've ever seen. No, I, I didn't think Daniel Jones at times was gonna look like a deer in the headlights. I didn't think Brian Dable, by the way, on this station being questioned whether or not he deserves a third year. But by, so where do you fall on that? Because that's been a topic uh, of discussion on on these airwaves. It, is is there a chance this could get so bad? Brian Dable at the end of the season is unemployed. No, I don't think it's gonna get that bad. I don't think they're gonna cut his neck that quick. Um, you know, the, the, he don't have a ready-made team. You know, if he was going to a team that had all of these crazy weapons all over the place, and he go out, there, you know, go out and get, you know, and get his butt kicked every week, I think we will have a different uh, argument. But right now, I, I don't think that that he has the proper uh, equipment to 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 build what he needs to build. So. I don't think none of this is going to fall on him at the end of the day. I think I don't think he's his job is in jeopardy at all. Well, I I would agree with you. Um, I I just I feel like it's impossible to construct a case that he should be let go. One year removed from being the coach of the year and having that team that a lot of people said was devoid of talent. Uh, having them not just go to the playoffs but win a playoff game, I, I I feel like because they sped up the timeline, that's why we're you know in a situation where we're here today. But I mean, honestly, if we're creating a pie, a pie chart of who's most to blame for what's happened with the Giants, how much of that chart uh, goes to Dable? Because like it to me, it's not just about the fact that they're losing games. I'm more concerned about the point differential in the first half of these games, mm-hmm. where like. 
you know, Arizona, a bad team, at least is competing in the first half. Like, look at the Jets, you know, competing all throughout the game against the Chiefs. We see bad teams, you know, all around, at, at the very least, be able to stay in it for the first half. And then it becomes a, a, a talent deficiency battle in the second half of the game where the great team decides, you know what, we're better than you. We're just going to blow you out. The Giants have been outscored by 75 points in the opening halves of these games. So some of that has to fall on coaching, if not the majority of it. Well, you know, you got to think about it, man. <clears throat> and I'm not sure a lot of people think, you know, know how this you know, thing works. Coach, you know, Coach Dabo is a head coach. Right, um, he has assumed some offensive coordinated uh, 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 some situations this year. Um, you know, he's not the defensive coordinator. You know, they, they they sit every week and meet on a game plan. Right, he trusts his coaches, and at the end of the day, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't overstep. You know, his head coaching duties when it comes to scheme and so on and so forth. No coach really does that. So. With that being said, like you know, not not being able to stop anybody is a problem. You know, I, I I again, I don't think we have the dogs on. I think I think we got a decent defensive line, you know. But everything else is 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 kind of like you know, eh, can give or take, can go a state type situation, inconsistent. Um, you know, I I don't think none of the blame because I think he has the guys ready to play. You know, they want to play for him. I just I just don't think not much of the blame, which a lot of the blame they are going to end up placing on him because he's the head coach and, and we know how it go. But realistically talking, you know, it shouldn't it shouldn't like none of the blame should go on him as well. But like isn't I, that oh, come on, Brandon? Isn't that unfair? Like last year when the Giants were what did they end up being ten seven and one or ten eight and one? Mm-hmm. He was the coach of the year, so we are mm-hmm. able to give him credit when the team plays well. But when they stink and they fall flat on their faces, and a guy like and I'm not trying to call you out, but a guy like you picks them to be one of the final four teams remaining in the playoff bracket, how how are we not putting any blame on him? Now we can argue about to what degree we put the blame on him, but the idea that he deserves none of it to me, this that doesn't make sense. So let me ask you a question here, Ty. So when you well, if you got to pick a coach of the year, right? Is is that only slated to? Is that only does that only mean head coaches can be selected in that spot? Yes, no, right, wrong. Wait, for a coach of the year? For a coach of the year. Yeah, the head coach. I, okay, enough said. So, who else are they going to – he's the head coach of the team. Did he deserve coach of the year? Probably, probably not. Probably one of the coordinators, O coordinator, D coordinator. Anybody else could have probably gotten it, right? But at the end of the day, he got it because they only pick head coaches to, to do that. So, that's why he got, you know, coach of the year. That's it, because who else? Who, who else on the staff are they going to be able to pick? The only there's only one. There's only one head coach. I think we look at, and I, I I get your point in that, like you know, Kafka's in, in charge of the offense, Wink's in charge of the defense, and both of the like the defense was was about average last year. The offense really couldn't get anything going outside of Saquon, but there, there was creativity. I, I I think the reason why we looked at table the way that we did last year was because in its totality like if we just went across the league roster to roster judging talent like high-end talent the Giants were not going to be at the top of the charts and somehow they found a way to have this magical season where they they get into the playoffs they beat a Vikings team that at least throughout the regular season you know it looked good winning 13 games so because of all of that 
you know, we we exalted Brian Dable as this, you know, one of the best head coaches in football, and now we're getting this shock to reality. And I'm not saying that he should be fired again. I I think that's uh, that's kind of crazy. What I am saying is, like anyone arguing, he doesn't deserve any blame. It's just missing what we're watching. He has to get some of it because who are we blaming for it? Who 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 who's deserving of most of the blame for what's happening this year with the Giants? Um. I don't know, man. I, I, it, I like honestly, I'm, I'm gonna put it on the players. I'm putting it on the players. They will never do that. No one will ever do it. That's why we are here in the media to call it how we see it. You know, every team is put in a position to play. Every play is designed to win. Every scheme is designed. You block your man. You put him where he need to be. You get the ball. You run here. You take the ball. You run this route. You throw it. You catch it. That's it, right? But I just, I, I don't think, you know, I'm gonna say the players. You know, you can take some of the blame and place it all over the coaching staff or throughout the coordinators, the position coaches, so on and so forth. You win as a team and you lose as a team. Yes, 100%. Everybody is to blame at some point, but I'm not going to take majority of the blame and, and, and place it on the head coach. I'm just not going to So when that. you say the players, are you including the starting quarterback who just got paid, what, $160 million, Dan Jones? He's part of the— The, the, the players. It's, there's 53 of them. There's 45 dress, all of them. All, so he's included in that, I'm saying. There's 53 players. That's 45 that dress. All right. All of them. Well, I, well just because it, it, some of the excuses are, you know, the, the offensive line is so bad, how, how can you expect him to be more successful? I'm asking you because you obviously were in a locker room. You were on the field. Is it possible that he should be a little bit better than what he is, even with the issues they have on their offensive line? Um, no, I'm not going to say that. No one's going to be good behind, you know, offensive line, you know, that plays that play with their eyes closed. Like, no one's going to be able to do nothing special against, you know, with anything like that protecting them. So, but still, it's, it's, some, it's some decisions he, you know, that, 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 that he's made, you know, when he had time to throw the ball. It's some, it's some bad throws he's made. You know, when he had time to throw the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, all the blame, he, he's not going to just go on the offensive line. All of them are to blame. The practice squad as well. I don't know what type of looks they're giving him in practice. I don't know any of that. But everyone's salary has went up and it seemed like care and, 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 uh, and commitment has went down. And that's not good. 800-919-3776. The Giants once again in primetime tonight uh, where they have failed miserably. They'll take on the Buffalo Bills coming off of a loss. You know Buffalo uh, dealing with some humility. They spanked Miami. They come back uh, and go to London and, and lose to Jacksonville in a game where Josh Allen did not play his best football. They were turning the ball over. Uh, but it's going to be one of those nights where if you're a Giants fan, you don't come into it with a lot of confidence. But... You get, I guess, the injection of something different. Uh, interesting to see what Tyrod Taylor looks like behind that offensive line. He came into the game last week once Jones suffered the injury, but it'll be his first start in 22 months against his former team. It's also a homecoming for Brian Dable. Remember, he was the offensive coordinator who helped Josh Allen become uh, the MVP player that he is. 800-919-3776. We're taking your phone calls on the Giants and the Bills. Who's most to blame? 
Are you expecting Tyrod to be better than Jones? And what type of spiciness does that create if we we do see him play much better? Uh, Brian Dable, how much blame do you give to him? We'll get to the Jets, of course, who play the Eagles today. I'm curious, you know, why that line is only six and a half. Feels like it should be closer to about nine or ten. But we'll get into that as well. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going your way until 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, here we go. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going until 2.30, leading you into pregame coverage of the Jets and the Eagles. Dan Gross and Greg Buttle. They'll have it all for you. And then it's Bob Shoes and Martin Lyons on the call. Jets 0-12 and their franchise history against the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get into that game uh, as we progress through the program. Right now, second half underway out in London. Tennessee with the ball down 18-3 against the Ravens. Zay Flowers had the uh, opening touchdown uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, an offense that still looking to get clicking, still looking to get you know, to its point where it hits that fluidity that makes you think that they could go on some deep playoff run. But they're up two scores right now, 18-3 is the score. 800-919-3776. How about we hit up the phone lines, BJ? What's up with that? Let's do it, baby. Let's go to Israel in New York City. What's up, Israel? Yeah, hi. I'm calling about um, the, the Giants, and I think that uh, everyone's to blame. Obviously, there's a problem with depth there. They can't tolerate the injuries. But I also, and tackling is a real issue. I mean, I've never seen just horrific tackling by the defense. And it's the same defensive coach as last year, so I don't understand the, the problem. They actually have some better players than they had last year in the defensive backfield and, and linebackers, but they're not getting it done. But I also think the offense is just using no imagination. I understand that he doesn't have time, but they don't use the, the double tight end uh, very often. It's very rare that they have Bellinger in there to go out. It's like Bellinger comes in and uh, Walla, and then what's it, Walla goes out. Yeah. They need to do double tight ends, have Bellinger block briefly and then go into the middle. They need to vacate the middle and throw short passes for five, seven yards. At least you'll make some gains on first down. They're, they're putting themselves in third and long every single time. Yeah, appreciate, I agree. appreciate I, the I agree with that. I agree. It, it, you know what, Israel, I think that's the uh, – me as a guy who played the game, you know, in the offense, I definitely agree with that. You know, take short chunks and burn the clock. Like, that's what our team was about. We, we would take 10 minutes off the clock, you know, with, you know, with a drive. You know, for, we'd go down, take 10 minutes. We would, you know, we'd throw the ball short, you know, take – take three downs to get 10, you know, you know, 10 yards and just, you know, throw slants, you know, throw stops, just throw a lot of short routes and, and run the ball for four yards of carry and just not put Eli in too many situations where we had to protect them so long. And yeah, we was able to do it. Yeah, we was able to do it. But at the end of the day, I mean, we, we knew how to get our way downfield. So let me ask you this. Uh, and I don't want to absolve the offense of the blame because that would be ludicrous. Obviously, you expected more when you add guys like Darren Waller. You know, Saquon getting hurt doesn't help. He was your best weapon last year. Andrew Thomas is a, a pro bowler at that left tackle position. And then you have some injuries all across that line. So you would expect that there's going to be a significant drop-off. But with the defense, man, I'm watching. They didn't get their first sack until, what was that, week three against the Niners where Kayvon got it. They didn't get their first turnover until last week 
where they actually forced the, the Dolphins into a couple turnovers, three of them. So I'm looking at a defense that after you add Okereke, after you look at, you know, Kayvon taking that next step, they, they struggled against the run last year, but with Dexter and Leonard Williams and, you know, you add Isaiah Simmons, like you expected that these guys would take that next step and it just never happened. So I'm wondering if part of why the defense is struggling is because the offense is not giving them anything to work with. When they're on the field so long, I, I mentioned they haven't scored an offensive touchdown in two in two games. Like your defense is going to take a hit. Uh, <clears throat> what people, a lot of people don't know is a lot of good teams, consistently good teams, right? Got teams that go out there that for, for some reason just have it figured out, right? You got the old Patriots, right? They was consistently good, winning 13 games, 12, 13 games every year throughout my era playing, right? Um, now you got the Kansas City Chiefs, who's who's consistently good, but there's not a lot of consistently good teams in the NFL. It might be two of them, three of them, maybe. San Francisco, Philadelphia, uh, Dallas during the regular season. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills. I mean, you got a lot of consistently good. No, teams. what I mean, what I mean, consistently, we only talking about the last two years, three years. I'm talking about over the course of of, of a decade. Oh yeah, I mean that's tougher now. Yeah, yeah, over the course of a decade, right? So right now these teams are up and down, and you don't know who's going to be good. You don't mm-hmm. know who's going to be bad. You know, the Chargers started off. They was a a. a, a, a uh, top team in the AFC last year. They started off really bad. They, I think, they went 0 three before they got their first win, right? So I mean, it's it's a lot of inconsistent play out there. So you you don't you never know. We keep you know we you know we keep sitting here talking about how good the Giants were last year. Like what? Well, I can't say how good they were, but where where they made it to last year? Went to the second round of the playoffs uh, as a wild card. You know, went beat a good Vikings team in Minnesota in the playoffs like that. So we are expecting that. You know, but it's I guess it's just a lot of inconsistent play, you know. So I guess that's what we're dealing with right now. Let's go to John in Long Island. What's up, John? Hey guys, great great conversation. I, I agree with both of you. I, I really put this mostly uh on the players because what I'm seeing when I'm watching is as you've said, missed tackles. That's not on the coaches, that's on the players. I on offense I see missed blocks, missed assignments. Uh, bad routes, Daniel Jones throwing behind receivers. But then I also see Saquon Barkley um, causing – he owes us 14 points from the two games he played. He caused two uh, – one pick six yeah. and one touchdown after. You know, you got to catch the ball. That, 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 those balls are right in his hand. So the, the players have to play better. They're not, they're not basic stuff they're not doing. Yeah, no. Listen, John, it's a great point. And I appreciate the call. The the Daniel Jones starting the season with a couple turnovers. If you watch the games, you saw, you know, those were not on him. Now, the last couple games, like the, the pick six against the Seahawks, where you know Devin Witherspoon takes it to the house, that's on him. But as far as Saquon is concerned, it's so interesting, Brandon. Like I I, I listen to some people, and they're like, well, you know, you look at this giant offense without Saquon. This is proof they should have paid him. And I actually think it's the other way. The fact that he's hurt again, and it looks like he's going to try to give it a go tonight, but the fact that he's hurt again is the reason why the Giants were smart in not getting into a long-term commitment, a marriage, with a guy who we know, when he's on the field, he's one of the best weapons in football. The problem is we've seen too, you know, too inconsistently that he's been able to stay on the field. 
And, and, and that's the biggest issue with him. It's not his talent. It's not like he clearly he's a great leader. All of his teammates love him. The fan base raves about him. He's a great guy. He's got, you know, he's got that infectious smile where we all love him. Even as a Jet fan, I love Saquon Barkley. But it's just that the fact that he's been so plagued by injuries, and I'm not blaming him. It's just the reality is like the, the Giants can't depend on him every week, uh, every year to be available. Right. I mean, playing the position he plays, I mean, I get why they didn't want to get in a long-term marriage with him. I mean, I understand that. And if, if, if nobody don't understand it, I mean, they don't know much about the sport, but Everybody got their favorite players. The people who love Saquon is probably pissed that the Giants didn't do that, right? I get why they didn't do it. You know, I totally understand why he get his he gets hit every play. He's had two seasons where he's been out for the year, right? So and and he's he's just coming back off an injury now. So I understand why you know um, the Giants just. That's the running back position, and and that's why they, you know, we're we're valued at so low now, but just because of injuries. Yep. Uh, so for Saquon, at the conclusion of this year, he will only have been healthy in two of his six seasons. That's a third of the time. Next year, he's going to be 27. So you can't expect that he is going to get older and healthier when he's got that kind of a rich history when it comes to him not being able to stay on the field. Uh, quick update on the Ravens and the Titans. Lamar Jackson just threw an interception. So the Titans now have the ball back in the red zone, down 18-6 to with a chance to put some more points on the board. Just got hit with a false start, so we'll keep you posted on that and we'll also get back to your phone calls at 800 line uh, 800 we see them lining up we'll get to the jets and the eagles at some point but ty butler brandon jacobs we're going until 2 30 right here on 987 espn now back to the ty butler and brandon jacobs show on 98.7 espn oh there we go this portion of the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show, 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by Coach USA. Make your commute to the city easy on a Coach USA bus. For schedules and fares, go to CoachUSA.com or download the Coach USA app to buy, store, and scan your tickets. Brandon, uh, before we get back to the phone calls at 800-919-3776, my question to you, man, is, is there anything more deflating? Now, I don't, I, I don't know how long it's been since you've been uh, in New York City. Anything more deflating than arriving at your destination, so home, work, wherever the case may be, driving around for 20 minutes, I mean working hard to find this parking spot. You finally come across one. It's tight. It takes you like five minutes to get in there. You know it's going to be a bloodbath to get out there. There are going to be some battle scars a couple blocks away from where you are, like the work or, or, or house, and then you finally get to where you need to be, and bam, right outside the spot. Big old parking spot. Big spot Man. right there waiting for you. <laughs> well, let me tell you. So when I was in New York, or, yeah, when I was there, and uh, we would go out all the time, right, and we would have these nice cars, you know, going out to places and stuff like that. Well, I've never, ever been one to park where I was going. I've always parked outside of there. I always went to like the little parking lots, you know, got the little parking attendant that get in your car, they back your car in, just depending on what kind of car it is now. They always forced me to do it myself. So I got to tell you, I've never really, I never really had that problem just because I never really, 
I never really thought parking in, in, in New York City or anywhere, for that matter, would be easy, you know, specifically New York City. So I always parked in those little parking lots like a block away from where I was going. So I understand now that in trying to, uh, you know, appeal to you, obviously a guy who is a Super Bowl, a two-time Super Bowl champion, not, you know, I, I can't I, I can't get him to be on the same level as me where, you know, I got people I get parking it, cars for me. But I'm just saying, man, it's it's deflating and getting to work today and watching that happen. But you Absolutely living a, you're nah. living a different lifestyle. And we gotta, at some it, point, we're going to have to get to those stories, man. You going out in New York City, what that was about. But listen at this, though. So I, I, I've always planned to park in those parking lots, right? I've always planned to, to do that. But there's many times where I've... I've Passed it up, and I got to circle the block, and sometimes go two blocks just to do, you know, just to, you know, just depending on the one ways. So I will come back around to the parking, you know, the parking lot. I will go into the parking lot, but right where I'm, I'm going is a parking spot right in front. And I look at it, I'll be like, damn, I could have parked right here the whole time. <laughs> and I never planned on parking in front of it. Never did. I, I didn't leave the house planning on parking in front of the place. But I get there like, man, I ain't even have to pay them 60 bucks. I just paid. I yeah, man. I, it took me a while, but I'm like, it's all good. It, it, it just wasn't meant to be. And, and you know, the, va- the valet parking is, is, is definitely convenient. You get some I just don't like other people in my car, man. Like, it just makes me feel away, especially when COVID first hit. And now, you know, I'm worried about all, all the, you know, the transferring of, of germs. I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't about that. So, oh uh, man, that, that was my commute into the station. Today. It was a breeze coming into the city, but it's that time of the year where, you know, all these events are about to be popping off the walks and the you know, marathon. So if, if one of these days you got to start the show solo because I wasn't able to make it in on time, you got to be ready for it. Because that's about to happen. That's got to happen. 800-919-3776. Let's hit Jerry and Limbrook. What's up, Jerry? Hey, what's going on, Ty? Always love hearing you on the radio. Brandon, thank you for all the great years you uh, you gave us Giant fans. Really appreciate it. Um, Just just a quick comment, Um, just kind of like what everyone's been talking about, pointing the fingers, and, you know, there's a lot of pointing to go around. At the end of the day, I agree with one of your last callers. Yes, a lot of it is on the players, but at the end of the day, when you're bad on offense, defense, special teams, and you're not making mid-game adjustments, to me, the biggest finger to be pointing is at the coaching. Um, that's just how I see it. I mean, like, you can't be bad in all facets of the game and not blame the coaching. So, just my, uh, my two thoughts. Well, uh, you, know, you know, first of all, thanks for calling. And, you know, when you're losing and things isn't going right, everybody in the building is to blame. Right, everyone in the building is to blame when you're losing and things just aren't going right. Sometimes you look at the owners and be like, "How could they not get the right guys in here to run the team?" Right? If you look at it, we've had situations on my teams where we were bad on offense, we were bad on defense, and special teams. Right? They wanted to get rid of everybody. Everybody in New York said, "Get rid of Coach Coughlin. You get rid of the whole team." Hell, told the marriage to sell the team for that matter. <laughs> you know, no one should be able to do nothing. Football is a that's why football is a great game because it gives you so many inconsistencies and adversity where you gotta try to battle back and show, you know, your character in 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 tough times. Right. But I, I do get it though. Somebody gotta take the blame, especially when you're bad on all three phases of the game. I definitely agree with that. And the coaches putting the players in position and the players are not performing like they should. Or the coaches putting the wrong players in the in a in compromising positions that they can't achieve 
the goal, the you know, the final goal. What is it? You know, you know, is is um, Evan Neal a tackle and not a guard? I mean, he's six eight, so that's tackle material, right? So is he playing the wrong position? You know, like it's stuff like that. Like you, you that that's the way I I like I think that stuff fall on coaches because they're asking players to do stuff that they can't do. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. You were gone last week, so we didn't get an opportunity to hear your response to the Evan Neal debacle with him going at the fans and then him having to apologize. So maybe coming up next, we'll we'll go back in time and get your thoughts on it. We are still previewing Giants Bills. Fifteen minutes from now, we will talk Jets Eagles. And one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to this conversation is because for the first time, I guess, or not, I was going to say all years, the first time since week two, Brandon and I both riding the Jets today because, you know, he, he's got no love for, for, for the Eagles. Week two against the Cowboys, he was he wanted the Jets to win. So I'm looking forward to getting his thoughts on that game. And we want to hear from you at 800-919-3776. Hit us up on Twitter at Ty D. Butler. Brandon Jacobs, 27, and get at us on the gram. We're going until 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so a lot happening in this London game. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going until 2.30. So Kyle Hamilton, the safety for the Ravens, was ejected for just a brutal hit on Chris Moore. And, you know, things got a little dicey there. Lamar, I mentioned to you through the interception, Derrick Henry scored a touchdown that made it 18-13. to Titans then got the ball back down by five, but Ryan Tannehill throws an interception. So Lamar Jackson and company uh, right near midfield have a chance to put some more points on the board as they are trying to stave off the Titans. The line was five and a half coming into this game. They lead 18 to 13. 800 919 3776. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good afternoon. Oh, well, good morning, Ty. And good morning, Brandon. Shout out to the company. Definitely wanted to chime in on the Giant talk because, uh, you know, there, I kind of have a different a different bit of a take, and I do think that there's everyone to blame for how this thing goes. And I think 50% does belong on the GM for the, for the depth issues. And I understand that he was dropped in cap casualty, but, there, you know, there has to be a bit of a better job in finding – the next man up, the, the next man up quality, and they, they, he hasn't been able to do that. And the coaching, because we made every highlight reason for why he was coach of the year, whether it was Josh Allen um, regressing last year and Daniel Jones improving, and then it's still the same roster from last year with the same core, and they've gotten worse. So, like, there, there has to be some blame there. And then the players have to take some accountability because. Thomas was um, not Thomas. Um, Neil was supposed to get better. Um, Thibodeau has you know slowly emerged, but it's still for where he was drafted. He was supposed to be where like what what Hutchinson is for the Lions. And there's just a lot of things where I just got to look at it. And I'm just saying we 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 do have to start you know levying more criticism on, on the front office and the coaching. So that's my point. And I want to thank you guys and have a great day. 
Appreciate the call, Jose. There's a lot of smoke for for Shannon Dable. It just shows you, Brandon, and you you played in here in New York, so you understood it. And you know Tom Coughlin, who who won multiple Super Bowls with this team, they were ready to run at him out of town as well. They were not happy with him at the end. The fans I'm talking about, it it, it, it happens quickly, man. The Giants last year started the season six and one. Since then. They've won five games. So part of it is like not just an overreaction to what we're watching this year. It's an extension of what we've seen last season. They ha- like It's been a long time since we've seen the Giants legitimately you know, beat a good team. They're, the five games they've won, Texans, Commanders, Colts, the Vikings in the playoffs, and the Cardinals. So you, that, that's another thing you got to pay attention to. It's crazy how stats can make something seem so terrible, right? Everything is a stat these days. Ty, you just said the Giants were six and one. Mm-hmm. Started the season six and one last year, and since then won five games. Yep. Doesn't that sound terrible? It's, it sounds. It's funny because it sounds never bad. Mind, but then but you never, look at but it never like, mind. They went to the playoffs. I was last just year. gonna say that, like not too long ago, <laughs> a couple months ago, they won a playoff game. So I mean, look, you can construct it the way you want to. My point is just like Giant fans watching this now. I'm wondering, like, should we have seen this coming? Like, why were we all... And there were a lot of people saying they were expected to take a, take a step back. But it wasn't supposed to look this bad. No, I didn't I didn't expect them to take a step back. I really didn't. I thought they'd be better. The, the, the players got a coach they love and they want to play for just by me being around a building and looking at how they operate and how coached, you know, you know, around and talk to him, kind of a player kind of coach. But... They, they, you know, but they know when he means business. You know, I just, I got a different type of feeling when I was in the facility the last couple of times I was there. So I never expected what what we're seeing now. Yeah, man, this is crazy. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Lamar Jackson has the Ravens in the red zone. They are approaching the end of the third quarter. Still eighteen to thirteen. Baltimore up. Uh, Joe's in Long Beach. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's up, Todd? What's going on, Jacobs? How you feeling? What's up? Pretty good. Man, I can't complain, man. You know who complained? The Giants, man. Giants are so soft. I mean, when you play, I just felt like we, we would impose our will, offensive line and defensive line, on our opponent. But all I've seen, and you look, you just touched on it, Ty, it's like a regression. It's like not a single player on this roster has gotten better from last year. I mean, I'm in a fantasy league where we do defensive players and offensive players. Let me tell you something. All the Giants are on the waiver wire. Not a single person is picked up. There's not a single impact player on this roster. So I'm calling today to say, is it time to just start shipping people away Mm. and stacking picks for next year? It's never too early, right? It's a great question, Joe. I want to throw that at you, BJ. Saquon is going to be the hot commodity at the deadline. October uh, 31st, Halloween's the trade deadline. And he can help a contender. He can help a Buffalo. He can help uh, Baltimore, who lost uh, J.K. Dobbins. Even Bart Scott weighed in on that uh, on Get Up this past week. If you're the Giants and this thing continues to, to sink, would you consider selling these pieces off and trying to maximize the amount of uh, draft capital you can get heading into next season? At the end of the day, it's a business, and it's, it's, it's a transactional business. And that's what makes teams better, having opportunities to get more picks and, and, and put different places and put different people in different positions and places. You know, I don't think it's a bad idea. I thought they would. I, I thought that that was something that, that, that they would honestly do last year. Mm. 
I thought they would do it last year. Try to get him, you know, take and get some kind of value for him because, I mean, at, like where we are now, nothing is going to help. You know, we're not going to – I don't think we're going to make the playoffs, not even close to it. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, just trying to, you know, move forward and, and, and try to stack picks and, and be able to put your team in a position to win. Yeah, it's because you know Saquon's going to be the hottest. Thing. I, I wonder how much trade value, and even like, would you entertain Darren Waller? Like, you just got him, but it just hasn't worked out. He's he has not been the difference maker that you would have expected coming into this year when we thought you know his ceiling was one of the best tight ends in football, but the floor would just be if he's if he was unable to stay on the field because he's had he's been played by injuries. He's been able to stay on the field. He just has not been able to be productive when he's been out there. Right. I don't dropped know a touchdown about pass last week against Miami too. That was the big touchdown pass that he dropped. Mm-hmm. So you got to take into consideration when you know when you talk about trading people and, and let's say Saquon, um, he's been injured. He's been injured this year. Uh, he's been injured in the past. Uh, great generational uh, athletic ability. Uh, you know, you you probably won't see much. You probably won't see nobody more explosive than Saquon. But at the end of the day, I mean, being available for your team has been a is 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 is, is more means more. So, who's willing to take a shot? You think the Baltimore Ravens is willing to take a shot and and have to take over that salary, which Dobbins wasn't getting paid that type of bread? Yeah. Are, are they willing to take that salary over? Uh, I mean, if it can help them win the Super Bowl, <laughs> if it's going to put them over the top, because you look at the AFC right now, and yes, Kansas City is still the favorites, and you know the Bengals have been there, but it, uh, no one looks unbeatable right now. So if you're if you're Baltimore, you're not you're that front office, uh, DaCosta, you, you're wondering if uh, you know that can be the move that puts you over. Yeah, I mean, it's something to think about. It's definitely something to think about. But the number one thing that teams don't want to do these days is pay running backs like that. So, I I don't know, man. If they think they can get a guy to come in and do bare minimum and still have opportunity to win, that's probably what they're going to do versus paying the guy, you know, $12 million, $12 million to come in and you not know, you know. So, who knows, man. Ryan Tannehill just threw an interception, limping back to the locker room, so not a good Uh-oh. sign for the Titans right now, trailing 18-13 to Baltimore uh, in a second-and-goal situation, so we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but when we get back, we'll transition to the Jets. They play a big game today against the Eagles ahead of their bye, so we'll talk about that game and do a whole lot more. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going to 230 right here on 98.7 ESPN.